Right, the text today is Acts 5, 1 to 16. And I, I labeled this, or, or, or titled it, uh, The Struggle We Have Between the, the Physical, the Here and Now, and the Eternal. We're always looking for what we can see, but we always forget about what Jesus has for us forever. And that's what we need to always have our eyes on. We have, need to have our eyes on the eternal. The problem here with Ananias and Sapphira, they had their, their eyes on the here and now. And they, um, they got a little greedy. But let's start off in, uh, in, chapter, um, in chapter 4. At the end of chapter 4, it talked about sharing all things. Now that he says, everybody was happy. The church was on its way. They were all of one heart and one mind. Great power and grace were, were on the apostles who preached and testified of the risen Savior. So knit together were the hearts of the people that they held all their positions loosely and willingly shared them with one another. Not because they, were, they, they had to, but because they loved one another. The love in the church was on a high right now. Those who sold land and, and houses gave of their profits to the apostles who distributed the gifts to those in need. You know, that's what God tells us to do. You know, we're all living for things and we want things. But we know that, that we can't take none of that with us. None of the things that we work so hard to, to try to possess and everything else, we can't take it with us. Sooner or later, it's going to stay here. It's all going to be burned up. All this is, is going away. You know, we have to be, our mindset has to be, the world has nothing for us. Our, our home is in heaven, and we are sojourners. We're just here for a little while. Jesus is coming. You know, the trumpet's going to blast, as John was saying. The trumpet's going to blast, we're going to look up, and we're going to be out of here. And, and we're going to be with him forever. And that's where our home is. So, the thing about them all getting together here. And giving of everything and put it all in one, one pile and the apostles distributed it. That's, that's what the church is all about. Is, is, is being a family, helping one another, taking care of one another. I remember when Obama was running, he used this scripture for, you know, for the reason, for an excuse to tax us more and take more from the rich. He, he said, he said, um, See, and, and Acts, you know, everybody, everybody put, and they gave to the poor, and they took care of the poor. So that's why I'm raising all your taxes. And, and he, t- and he t- you know, the left has a, has a habit of taking t- Scripture and taking it out of context and using it for their own good. We've seen a lot of that this week already. Um, <laughs> all Sessions did was say, you know, follow the laws of the land, basically. And they, they started going every place all over the Bible trying to pick and choose what they thought sounded good for their cause. But we got to watch how we use Scripture. And we got to watch how we, we call people moral and immoral. I mean, the same people talk about the kids on, on, on the border, and yet they're, they're the same people are ripping uh, babies out of the womb. And they, and they say nothing about that. That's okay. It's a woman's choice. Uh, sometimes you know, I, I, I tell the guys in the prison all the time, I say, if a, if a man kills a pregnant woman, he goes down for two murders. But yet that same woman could walk in a, in a doctor's office and have that baby taken out and murdered. And it's, and it's not. I don't, I don't know how that, you know, murder's murder to us. You know, and the law and the law is us. But um, 
enough of that. I just get, I get pumped up about this stuff. It's just so much out there right now. It's just, I get so involved. But anyways, chapter 5. Let me read the text. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. And he kept, kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? And while it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Wow. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. And the young men arose, wrapped him up, carried him out, and buried him. Now it was about three hours later when his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter answered her, and Peter answered her, tell me whether you, you sold the land for such, so much. And she said, yes, for so much. Then Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your, your husband are at the door and they will carry you out. Then immediately she fell down at his feet. And breathed her last. And the young men came in and found her dead. And carrying her out, buried her by her husband. So great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Yet none of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly. And believers were increasingly added to the, to the Lord multitudes of both men and women, so that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Also, a multitude gathered and surrounding cities in Jerusalem and bringing, back, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. So awesome. It's an awesome story, but it's a sad story. It's a sad story because we lost a brother and a sister in this because of greed. The simple greed. I mean, they didn't have to do it, but yet they do it, did it anyways. That's the sin nature that's in all of us. And if we don't watch out, it, it can get a hold of us. We know the enemy. He's out there. And he's, and he's always seeking who he can devour in the church. You know, the, 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 the people outside, the unbelievers, he doesn't care about. He's, he's in the church, and he's, he's here right now. And it's a spiritual warfare that we all go through every day. You know, I mean, <laughs> I'm constantly fighting it, you know. That's why we have to be in the Word. We have to wake up in prayer. We have to have some kind of devotional every day. We have to have time with God. Every day is a Sabbath day to us. Every day is time with God. And if you don't spend that time, it gets easier and easier not to spend that time. I mean, this is the case with the husband and wife here. First Timothy says, First Timothy 6, uh, 6, 9 and 10. But those who desire to be rich fall into, fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. 
for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. That's the case here. I'm going to read the, the verses 1 to 3. But a certain man named Ananias was Sapphira, his wife, sold a position, and they kept back part of the proceeds. His wife, also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? Proverbs 6, 16 to 19. These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among the brethren. See, the thing is, guys, <laughs> God hates lying. And, and a lot of people think, doesn't think God hates, but God hates. He hates lying. He hates sin. Ananias should have been spiritually taking care of his wife. This is the thing. These, a husband and wife's a team. And if you don't make yourself a team, you gotta, you're going to have problems in the home. That's why God tells us to be equally yoked. Even before we get into a relationship, that's in, he talks about that in 2 Corinthians, I think, chapter 6. He talks about being equally yoked. If you're not equally yoked, it's hard to keep God in the home. See, God's here, husband and wife, the, the triangle, that, that, that marriage triangle. You have to keep it. You have to have it. If you want your home to, to run smoothly, she as well should have been spiritually taking care of him. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a mutual thing. Um, because of the blindness of his greed, he did not count the cost, how his sin would affect not only him, but his wife. Us as men of our home, we have to be in charge, especially spiritually. See, God, in Ephesians 5, 25 and 26, it says, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and, give, and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. That means you, we have to be down studying the word together. We have to be spiritually on one accord in our home. I mean, if me and my wife, you know, we, we find time at least four or five times a week to sit down and go over scripture and go over word. Because, I mean, I go, I go to the gym a lot. Well, me and my wife, we're, we're, our, we're spiritual workout partners. You know, we got to keep everybody, we got to keep each other sharp. Because if we, you know, it's, it, you know, it's, it's not that hard for us to get weak. And, and if, if, if my wife isn't watching out for me and me watching out for her, then, then there could be problems in the home. Men are called to be the priests of their home. 1 Peter 2.9, Revelations 1.6. And women are called to be your husband's helpmate. If you don't have that mutual time together and that mutual strength and love for the Lord, you're going to have problems in the house. And, and that's, you know, I think that's the, 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 the main thing of keeping a, a, a Christian household together is to have that, 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 that spiritual connection with your wife and your wife with you. Because if you don't have that, it, it's, it's just not the same. 
It says, I get ahead of myself sometimes. Um, Sapphira should have rejected Ananias' plan to deceive Peter with holding back a portion of his gain. And not doing so, she became part of the sin. Proverbs 31.30, it says, Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord shall be praised. I mean, the, the responsibility is on both of us. Because at the end, we're both going to stand before God. And she's going to stand before God for what she did, and I'm going to stand before God before what I did. And, and um, God's going to want answers. For, especially if we allowed each other to stumble. Or I stumbled her. Now, I know it's on the man. Because I know we are, we are the spiritual leaders of our home. But the home is ran by the woman. And we've got to make sure that we take care of one another. Houses and riches are inheritance from fathers, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. We got to, <laughs> I love my wife, man. She, she is one that does keep me sharp. And um, I'm so blessed to have her. And uh, I just, I pray that, you know, all men, I mean, I have a study group in the morning. And uh, we all sit down in the morning. And a couple of the guys, you know, their wives are, they're Christians, but they're not really in the word they're not really strong believers so there's sometimes there's a little friction because they want to do more for the lord and and the wife's kind of you know well you know they kind of lack but my wife never holds me back see every time i I want to go on a missions trip you know my 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 prison ministry she's always there helping me supporting me And, and i just i love her she's great and I support her and what she does and what she does in the woman's uh, ministry. And we both serve in the children's ministry. It's, it's about just serving together. You've got to be that workout team. If, you don't, if you're not a team at home and, and if you're not praying together at home, it's, it's just um, the house isn't, isn't happy. I, I, you know, not that we don't have problems and, 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 and things, you know, we have differences. But at the end of the day, we, don't, we know that we can't let the sun go down on our wrath. And we have, to, we have to speak to one another and we have to take care of it before we lay our heads down on our pillow at night. And, and I know, and it's happened like, you know, before, and when you get up, you're more angry than when you went to bed. So you have to take care of it before you go to sleep. That's speaking to husbands and wives. Um, James 5.19 talks about turning back a sinning brother. You know, when we see, especially in our home, each of us, because Ananias drug Sapphira down in his sin and his greed, I believe it's on him, and um, and that's just that just can't happen, guys. You know, God God has put it on us to take care of our homes, and we need to take care of our homes spiritually first. And it says in verses four to eleven. It says, while it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? And you have not, you have not lied to men, but to God. Then Ananias, being hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. And the young men arose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. Now it was about three hours later when his wife came in, 
not knowing what had happened. And Peter answered her, tell me what you sold. Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, yes, for so much. Then Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test or to tempt the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out. Then immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And the young men came in and found her dead and carried out and buried her by her husband. It's, you know, in James 1, 12 to 15, it says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. And let no one say he is tempted, that it, when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full grown, brings forth death. That's what was going on here. They, they sat down and they, they talked about it. They obviously talked about it. And conceived this thing. But nobody corrected one another. And, and, what, and the, the outcome was, was death for both of them. And it seems kind of sad. It seems how we're, we're, in a, we're under grace. And it seems kind of, kind of uh, over the top for God to do this to both of them. For, for, you know, for us, I mean, has, has any of you guys lied to the, to the Holy Spirit or, or, or kept back a promise? I, I think I'm guilty. I know that. I know I've blown it. And you think, wow, man, it didn't seem like it did so much. But the, the, uh, but the punishment, the, the judgment was harsh. And so that's why when I think of Sephora, it says, no, no temptation has overtaken you except such as common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond which you are able. But with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. See, every time we, we come up, something comes up to us and we have to make a decision and we know that it's wrong, we can always say no. God always gives us a way out. And I always tell that to the guys in prison. You know, I always look at them. I go, you know, all of you guys are here because you didn't say no. And, and that's, that's our problem sometimes, you know, because Satan knows exactly what entices us. He knows what, 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 our, what our weaknesses were when we were in the world. And he presents those weaknesses. Now, Satan doesn't make us sin. He just puts it out there. He puts the smorgasbord out there. And then we got to make a choice. And a lot of times, you know, it, it, we make the wrong choices. And the thing is, we have to be strong by the Holy Spirit. We have to be in prayer. We have to be in the Word. Because if we're not in the Word every day, I guarantee you, folks, we're going we're gonna to fall to the temptation that Satan lays out there. And uh, Ananias and Sapphira fell to that temptation. Now, I don't know what was going on in their home. And I don't know if they were, you know, studying or, or, or praying together or what was going on in their home. But I know spiritually they were weak. Because we just come off a high. Everybody's giving up the church. It's just on fire. And then we get to these two, and then they, they, they fall so fast. 
And, you know, it's, you know, I can't judge what people do in their home, but I know what I can do in my home. And I know that if me and my wife aren't in the word and if we're not on the same accord, then then it, anybody could fall. I'm standing here right now thinking, don't ever think that, that you're above sin or you can't sin. Because if you're not in the word of God, it's very easy to do. I mean, Xavier, I remember Xavier saying from the pulpit one time, it's easier to fall back into the world than to stay a, a, a Christian. Because it's, 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 it's hard. We're under, we're under warfare all the time. We're under attack all the time, whether it's from our workplace or from when you go out. I mean, <laughs> I feel bad for, for, for uh, Sanders, man, because they try to go out to dinner the other night and they're being attacked. And, you know, you know Mr. Huckabee, they're, they're a strong Christian family. And, and, and it probably was hard for her to say, you know what, thank you, we'll leave. But her whole family got attacked just because of basically their beliefs. But she was gracious. She's a gracious lady. <laughs> I don't know if anybody could endure as much as that woman, man. And, uh, and uh, it, just, it just bothers me that, that we're at this place in this country, in this, in this state now, in this world. It's just, it's just unbelievable. This is sometimes, sometimes we need to think about when we, when, when we think we can hide and keep something from God. He knows our thoughts before we do. He knows the intentions of our thoughts. Psalm 139.2. God knows our minds. He knows, he knows our needs before we know our needs. So he knows our thoughts. He knows everything we're doing. Hebrews um, 4.12-13. It says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit, of the joints and marrow, and is discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes uh, to him whom we must give account. See, we're going to all have to stand before God. And if we think we can get away with things, how stupid are we? Really, I mean, God knows everything. He sees that he created us. You know, and then even though we're so messed up, he sent his son to die for us because he wants to give us eternity. He, he loves us so much. And to think that we can um, get over on him is, is our mistake. And we know that we're, he sees everything. He knows everything. And for Ananias and Sapphira to try to get away with this, I just, I don't think they counted the cost. I don't think they knew that it was going to be so severe. Because, uh, you know, Peter, Peter goes, it was yours. You didn't have to do this. And he gave them time to come clean. And they didn't come clean. He gave, he gave Ananias time to say, you know what? Yeah, Peter, I didn't give all the money. I'm sorry. I repent. But he didn't. He, he still held to his ground. And then he gave his wife the same chance. And she didn't, she didn't repent. So God always gives us a chance. And we need to take that chance, guys. We need to say yes. No matter what the sin is, we need to repent. Because unrepentant sin, that will, you'll go to hell for that. You need to repent of your sin. Every night before you go to bed, ask God for forgiveness. Because you never know what you... I, I understand it says in, um, in 1 John, it talks about sin leading to death and sin not leading to death. 
But uh, I wouldn't take a chance, you know, because, you know, yeah, you know, we're getting, I'm getting up there. I mean, you know, I, just, I just turned 63 and you never know. You might not wake up the next morning. So make sure you pray before you go to bed and tell the good Lord. I mean, you know, that, that little fairy tale uh, before I go to bed, Lord, if I die before I wake, take my soul as you're to take. You know, I, forgive me for I'm a sinner. And I blew it today. We have to come clean with God. And he likes that verbal, verbal repentance. It says, be mindful of the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Usually before you do anything wrong, the Holy Spirit's already convicting you. He's already talking to you. He's saying, you sure you want to do that? You know you're not supposed to. And, and, and that's, when you, that's when you grieve, actually grieve the Holy Spirit. Is when you go against what he's telling you. I'm sure, I'm sure the spirit was talking to him. Saying, you sure you want to hold back part of this, part of this money? You got a choice right now. Make the right choice. Well, they made the wrong choice. And they both died. Which is uh, pretty final. Especially when it comes down to your salvation. You don't want to, you don't want to have it up in the air whether you're going to go to heaven or not. You want to make sure you repent and and you ask God forgiveness. It says, be mindful of the conviction of the Holy Spirit because the church was in its infancy. It was new. The church was just starting. God made it plain that hypocrisy and deceit were not going to be tolerated. And his judgment of Ananias and Sapphira Help guard the church against further pretense. God had to make a statement here. You know, we have all these, these new people coming to church. The church is building. If God would have let them get away and it became known to the church, they would have thought, well, you know, then they would have started sinning. The, oh, okay, well, if they got away with that, I can get away with this. That's the way we are. You know, even in the church. We're always looking to see how far we can take our sin before God puts the stop to it. And um, so God had to make a statement here. And, you know, and I, and the, the, I read this like, like nine million times. And uh, I always thought, man, that's, that's pretty harsh. But when you think about the time and the context and the church just being new, this had to be done. God had to do this. And because it says, hey, everybody feared after that, right? Everybody was like, whoa, I ain't doing what they did. Because, you know, your belly up, you know, boom, oh, my goodness. That's it. <laughs> you know, there's no more chances. That was it. In the same way, we need to always guard our hearts, guys. Because remember, the enemy's out there. And we all got targets on our backs. He's looking to just eat us up and chew us up and throw us out. In 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he could devour. We always got to watch it. You know, you got to put on the armor, guys. It's the armor that, that protects us. And the armor doesn't cover your back. So you always got to be moving forward. 
You know, you always got to be doing something in the church. You always got to got to be serving in some 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 aspect of the church, whether it's worship or children's ministry, prison ministry, youth ministry, ushers, you know, hospitality. There's so many things to be doing in the church. We need to be active. You can't be stagnant because you start to stink. You don't want to be a stinky Christian, do you? It's like stagnant water, a bunch of stagnant water running around. You know, and the deodorant ain't going to cover it for long. You know, you can't be a, a pew sitter on Sundays. And then the rest of the week, we don't see you. You know, you got to be involved. It's just, it's just, you know, and it's refreshing, guys. Because this is our family. These are the people we're going to spend in heaven with, man. <laughs> we're going to be having some fun up there. And, uh, and we need to just be busy. You can't be sedating around. You know, I understand. Sometimes even I, you know, I mean, I, Chris and I have been serving in the prison ministry for 20 years. I mean, the other day, this <laughs> a little story, it, it, and it talks about, as Xavier always talks about being consistent. Always, you know, he says, if you come 20 years from now, if I'm still alive, I'm going to be preaching the same message. The other day I was in, uh, I was in there and, and this brother came up to me and I knew he had looked familiar. And um, he says, do you remember me? And he goes, and I go, no. And he goes, you know, 20 years ago, I was in here and I saw you. And I, I, it blew my mind that you were still preaching, preaching the gospel. He had already, he got out. He um, went to theologian school, became a, a, a pastor and everything. And then he messed up again and he was back in there. And I, you know, I pray, I mean, God's going to forgive him, you know, but, we're, you know, uh, we're always going to, you know, the consequences we're going to pay for. God's, we could, we could have a loving and forgiving God. If you blow it, he's going to forgive you, but you're going to, you're going to suffer the consequences of your sin. There's always the consequences because God, <laughs> God, God doesn't let sin, sin slide. He just can't. He wouldn't be God if he did. He has to deal with sin. But he will forgive you. He's such a loving and caring God. But it blew my mind that, that he came up and he remembered me. And, and he remembered that you're still coming, huh? <laughs> I go, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is a, a, a lifetime commitment. You know, family members, are you still going to church, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just consistency. You have to have that. And when they see that, they go, wow. This stuff is real, huh? Yes, it is real. God is real. And he's coming. He's coming real soon. And we got to be ready. Because um, I don't want to be left behind. We know what's going to happen. We know the story and we know the end. And uh, I want to be up there fighting with him at the end. And that's, you know, that's, that's my motivation. I want my family to be there. I want my wife to be there. My children. I want all you guys to be there. God wishes no men die without repentance. That all people, because hell wasn't meant for us. It was meant for Satan and his fallen angels. That's, that's, that's what he made hell for. But it's real. It's real. <laughs> I remember when I was out there running around. I didn't get saved until I was 40. And 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 forty years, I had a, I did a lot of sinning, and uh, 
And I always think of that scripture where it says, much, when much is given, much is required. God has put me on the accelerated course. Because <laughs> I owe him much. I owe him much. So it's just, it's, it's been a pleasure to serve the Lord. We've been going out in the mission fields for 20 years. I sat in the pew. I, I got I to gotta admit that when I first started coming to this church, I mean, I've come to this church ever since I've been saved. So the 23 years I've been saved, I've been coming here. And me and my wife kind of sat in the pews for about a year and a half before we got busy. But you can't sit around and listen to Xavier's, Xavier preaching and, and, you, and, and not get busy. You only end up going to another church because you're going to get so mad and frustrated. You're just going to leave. Because you see a lot of people leave. You know, because there's a lot of conviction that comes through his preaching. If you're not sitting there getting convicted, then you're going to the wrong church. And, um, and so you have to move. You have to be moving. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. But in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct his, your paths. You know, God says first seek him in, in, in Matthew six thirty three. First seek him in his kingdom, in his righteousness, and everything else will be taken care of. See, Ananias and Sapphira didn't have to worry about the, what, to put a little change in their pocket. You don't, you don't have to worry about God takes care of that. But if you're, if you're seeking him and you're, and you're serving him, he takes care of the rest. I guarantee you, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a walking, walking example of God just taking care of your business. As long as you're serving, you know, as long as you're doing, as long as you're taking care of his business. Verses 12 to 16. And through the hands of the apostle, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were all with one accord on, in Solomon's porch. Yet none of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. So they brought the sick out of the streets and laid them on beds, couches, that at least a shadow of Peter passing by might fall on some of them. Also, a multitude gathered from surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. Solomon's porch was, a, was attached to the original temple of Solomon. The porch was originally named the Porch of Judgment. It was known as a gathering place in Jerusalem for believers. Peter and John healed the lame man at Solomon's porch and preached to large crowd that had gathered there in Acts 3.11. It says in, in James 3.1, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. You know, that, that's so true, you know, when... When we go in preaching in the, in the county jail, there's a couple of brothers in here that, that are in the prison ministry. Everything we say is going to be judged. So we're under a stricter judgment. We got to make sure that we're studying. We're, we got to make sure that we're not causing people to stumble around us. We're not, we're not preaching from our own, but we're pre- preaching from the Holy Spirit and spirit and truth. Because that's the way the word's got to come out. And um, I would hate to be judged for making somebody stumble or somebody fall back into the world because of something I said or something I did. 
That's not a good thing. That's not a good thing for any of us. Jesus left us with this promise that we would do greater things. John 14, 12 to 14. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do, because I go to my Father. And whether you ask in my, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. What did God tell us? Before he left, we will do greater things. People were just passing by the shadow of Peter. Just so Peter's shadow fell on them and they were being healed. But it wasn't because of Peter. It was because of the Holy Spirit and the people believed. They had faith. You know, it probably blew Peter's mind too. He's like, whoa, what's going on here, you know? Because Peter, Peter, you know, he went through a lot, but he came out of it. You know, God, 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 uh, God brought Peter back. He said, when Satan's asked for you, but after, after, you know, I will, I will, I will restore you. And that's when he asked Peter, do you love me? Three times he asked Peter because Peter denied him three times. So then he asked Peter three times, do you love me and feed my sheep? And do you love me? You know, feed these, feed, feed the, feed the, uh, the people and he restored Peter and Peter did great things and it was only because the Holy Spirit see the Holy Spirit we need to take very seriously people think that okay Father Son Holy Spirit and we look at the Father and Son but but the Spirit is the power the Spirit is the power we all have the Spirit in us and we have the power that raised Jesus from the dead we have that power in us. See, we don't understand that <laughs> if we tap into that power, we can do anything. But we have to have faith. Romans 8.11 But the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. we got to Tap into that, guys, because too many of us are just sitting around thinking, oh, I can't do it. I mean, <laughs> what I'm doing right now is probably the hardest thing for me to do is, is preach to the, to, the, to the body. And I go into prison, man, it's, poof, man, I'm, I'm gone. I'm taking care of it. But here, it's just the hardest thing for me to do. And, and it just it seems like every time I go, oh, no, no, it's going to be different this time. No, but it's the spirit that gets me up here. It's the spirit that speaks through me. Because I would have ran and stayed in my car. I said, oh, let me, can I call him? I'll call him sick. <laughs> Tony could handle it. <laughs> we got some awesome pastors. You know, we got an awesome church. We got an awesome body here. I love you guys. And it's, and it's you know, it's, it's you guys are so gracious. You know, you sit here and you listen to me, and uh, I don't know what to say. I mean, it's an awesome thing. 1 Corinthians 2.4, In my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. The Holy Spirit, the church, I mean, he was, he was here at the beginning. In Genesis, you know, the Spirit hovered over the earth. 
when God created it. God said, let's make them like us. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They were always here. Spirit's always been here. It's just sometimes we don't think about the Spirit, but the Spirit is in us. That's our power. James 4, 1 to 7. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, and yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss, that you may spend it on your pleasures. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously? But he who gives more grace, therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Simple as that. Resist the devil. That's one of the hardest things for a lot of people. Because the devil makes it look so good. And we got to be able to resist him. But we can't resist him without feeding the spirit in us. And the only way that spirit gets strong is you've got to be in the word daily. As you feed your flesh, you've got to feed your spirit. Daily that spirit. And you've got to fellowship. This is, you have to be around Christians. You can't, don't isolate yourself. A lot of people think they can be isolated and be strong as a Christian. You can't. Isolated Christians don't stay Christians. They get weird. That's what happens. They get real weird. They get in the closet. And go, Whoa, what's wrong with you, bro? <laughs> you better get out and talk to somebody. Don't get weird. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm a Christian, and I try not to be weird. Probably being a little weird right now. I don't know. But uh, don't be a weird Christian, because there's a lot of them out there. And they start taking scriptures and start going crazy. And you're going, man, what's wrong with you? This, no, that's not what that means. In conclusion, the story of Ananias and Sapphira is a reminder to us today that God sees the heart, that he hates sin, and that he's concerned for the purity of the church. As Jesus told the compromising church in Thyatira, all the churches will know that I am he who searches hearts and minds, and I will repay each of you according to your deeds. Revelations 2.23. It tells us to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. The reason that God tells us that is because it's not an easy thing to do. And we need to fear God. Not, fear, not the kind of fear that we're going to be chastised, but the reverent fear of who he is. He's an awesome and loving God. He cares for us, but he doesn't compromise with sin. And we don't get away with anything, guys. Don't think, you know, oh, well, he didn't see that. Yeah, he did see that. And now he's waiting for you to repent. Sometimes it gives us a little bit, it gives us time to repent. Or sometimes, boom, it happens right away. But he normally gives us time. God warns us all the time before he does anything to us. When you go look through the whole Old Testament, he always said, just come back to me and everything will be all right. But they would, they would be so hard, stiff-necked and hard-hearted that they wouldn't do it. And God, you had to deal with his people. I mean, I mean, we're going through the Old Testament now, man. 
some of the stuff they had to go through. It's because of them, though. It wasn't because God wanted to do it. God doesn't want to chastise us. But he has to, because we have to be mindful of who he is. And we have to be respectful and reverent of who he is. He's a God that hates sin. And he doesn't compromise with it. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Father God, thank you for this time. And thank you for my brothers and sisters, Lord. Thank you for this message, Lord. And thank you for, for just touching my heart, Lord. And teaching me as you taught them, Lord. And Father God, that you would go before us, Lord. We love you, Father God. We thank you. Lord, give everybody traveling mercies on the way home. Have your hand upon them, Lord. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.